All righty. So uh, when we left off last week, we had finished the section of Mizmor Lasoda, and that brings us up to Yehi Chavod. So as we mentioned last week, and here is Yehi Chavod in front of you. So Yehi Chavod is also a collection of psukim. Um, I shouldn't even say it's necessarily a collection of psukim, but uh, most of the uh, sentences are psukim from Tehillim. There is a pasuk which is taken from Mishlei. And then as we will see, there's one section which isn't even a pasuk. It's really a composite of other, uh, other psukim. And this is something which uh, has somewhat of a, you know, it's once again, one of these sections where it's not clear exactly who compiled these psukim into this prayer, but it's certainly something which existed in the time of the, uh, of the Rishonim. Because we showed him most of the Rishonim talk about it, and they give uh, you know some fascinating allusions and ideas related to uh, to its recitation. So, um, right. So now, um, let's begin. Let me get the first one. Us. Oh, here it is. So he says that. Uh, so the first thing we'll begin with the uh, the lavush. So the lavush is a was a student of the uh, of the Rama, and he wrote uh, what's what's uh, primarily a commentary to all of Shulchan Aruch. He wrote on all four sections of Shulchan Aruch, sort of summarizing the Mechaber and the Rama and whatever uh, 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 commentators were available to him uh, at that time. And then on top of that, he also gives some interesting uh, insights into prayers, into the way that, uh, that, uh, that we daven. So he writes uh, as follows. He says that we say the psuke yihi chavod. That's what you have over here, on the, hopefully on the screen over there. And he says that shem mesudarim ad Hashem so he says, like, we have it. We say all the way till Hashem Hoshia Machianenevium Karendo. That's all the way at the bottom over there. That Hashem is going to, uh, will answer us on the day that we call. Kikulam Psuke Shevachim. So he says that at the root of this is that all of these Psukim are relate to praise of Hashem. They're all Shevach. Now he says, Uchlalam Zev, Hukumo Hakdama Litihilaladavid. Now here is where it gets a little bit interesting. He says that Yihichavod is an introduction to the next paragraph, which is what we call Ashrei. He calls it the Hila Ladavid, but it's what we call Ashrei. So he says, Now, this is where Lavush goes off of a halachic analysis, and he goes into a liturgical analysis, let's call it. He says, the reason why we read these Tzokim is sheyesh bem chaf alef azkaros. It has God mentioned or referenced 21 times. Okay, so if you count through the psukim all the times that Hashem's name appears, so you'll end up with 21, but that's actually not uh, completely true. You're not going to end up with 21. Because if you go to, and I'll highlight that for you, this, the first four words over here, nice that they've all fit on the line. So you see the words, so if you take the first letter, of each of those words. So you have spelled out Hashem's name, Yud, Hey, Avav, and a Hey. So that also counts as a reference to God that counts as one of the names of God. And there's also another one, which is, 
the word cop here somewhere. Oh. Uh, oh, here. Uh, when you take the last word in this phrase, which is highlighted also, ka is Hashem's name. So if you add that also, so that's going to be 21. So you end up with 21 uh, explicit names of Hashem, one which is a Rashi Tevis, and one which is a shortened name of Hashem. What's the significance of having 21 references to Hashem's name? So it corresponds to the 21 psukim of Ashrei. Now that's skipping the first two in the last passage. There's 24 altogether, but of the paragraph of Tehillim, Kuf so you have 21 psukim over there. So that is this idea that it's going to be, it's going to be an introduction. So that is reference number one. Then another interesting idea that you have is he says that uh, when you take the uh, the ones which are there, so he says that there are Yud Chesem B'Chlalan. So uh, uh, elsewhere, commentators say that there are 18 Psukim, Shein Chaf Al B'Pratam, but when you add up those 18 Psukim in the references, as we said, it's 21. And V'Heim um, Kineged, and he says this number, it corresponds to and I didn't go back and count up which one exactly he's counting, but he says here also by Birchos Ashachar, you also have a total of 21, uh, 18, which is really 21. And then he says, and you also have an original Shmon Esrei, which was composed by the Anshay Knesset Sagdola. That's why we call it Shmon Esrei, even though there's 19 nowadays, but it was also 18 brachas. And he says, Shehen Kemo Chaf Aleph, which also, if you want, you can go ahead and you could take Shmon and you can make that also into 21. How do you go ahead and get from 18 to 21? So he says, Yeah, Hashem Spasai Tiftach. So that brings you up to 19. You have Birchas Haminim, that's the bracha which was added of Alam al Shinim. That brings us up to 20. And then Yula Ratzon, the, the Pasuk which we say after Shmon So that brings us also to 21. And then he says, all right, so that is what, uh, so that is uh, more of an allusion to this, uh, to this idea. And uh, one more thing that I have to find over here, where is it? Here it is. So he says that, he says that according to the, uh, the Arizal, and this is brought down the halacha about, uh, about this particular section, he says that uh, so if you look into the writings of the Arizal or the writings we have from students of the Arizal, so they talk about they talk about the great importance of these 18 psukim, what we call Yehichavod. He says, if somebody understood the significance and the importance of this, they would undoubtedly read the psukim with great kavana, great concentration, and matun is they'd read it slowly. Sometimes people have a tendency to rush through these things, like the rest of davening. People have a tendency to uh, to rush through, but the, from the writing of the Arizal, it's evident that if somebody understood and appreciated exactly what was going on over there, they would be in no rush to go ahead and finish. And we'll see a theme uh, shortly. 
כי השמונה עשר פסוקים, אלו ושמונה עשר שמות שבהם, he says everything is very precise in terms of its meaning and its numbers and what it's going to, uh, what it's going to be able to do. So he says that the 18 psukim, as he said, have 18 explicit references to God. V'kuf lamed ches osios, there are 138 letters, maybe it means 138 words is probably more, more correct. Shebehem hakol hu b'mispar u And he says all of these numbers and all of these things are very precise. Mispar means in terms of number. Mishka would normally be translated as weight, but that also is referring to great precision. Al Seder Shemos HaKadoshim, because all of these numbers allude to various names of Hashem. So this is a tefillah where the whole tefillah, the whole paragraph itself, this collection of sukim, is something which contains numerous, numerous references to, uh, to, uh, to Hashem. And therefore, it's something which should be said with uh, uh, very, uh, v- very carefully. Now, what exactly is the, uh, the theme of this? So for this, I want to read to you, and I want to see if we can follow along in the prayer itself so that you can see the sequence. Because it actually is quite, uh, although it seems like a random collection of psukim, so uh, uh, Rabbi Dr. Uh, Eli Monk, so he went ahead and he explained or he put together a very nice sequence in terms of the theme and what the, uh, the prayer is trying to convey, it's trying to remind us of. So remember, that the uh, that the uh, the idea of Pesukim Zimra is to prepare us mentally uh, and emotionally, but more mentally, in order to be able to uh, in order to be able to uh, to say Shmon to be able to uh, communicate with Hakadosh Baruch Hu directly. So this prayer is, you will see, hopefully you will see and will appreciate when we're done how uh, what what a vital role this plays, not only as an introductory. Uh, paragraph to Ashrei in the Halukas, which follow, but the theme which are contained in this uh, this paragraph itself are very uh, are very important. So he says as follows. He writes as follows. Reading from page seventy one for those who would like to look it up afterwards. So he says, as these sources have it, the number twenty one is the key to understand the understanding of both Yehichavod and the Ashrei. So twenty one is the number that pays. The divine name is mentioned 21 times in the Yehi. So that we saw already, that we saw that it's 21 times. While there are 21 verses in Ashra, this, numer- this number draws its mystic significance from the fact that 21 is the numerical value of the divine name, Eheya, revealed at Moshe at the burning bush. So when the, when the, when the Moshe when Akash Baruch Hu first reveals himself to uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu, so he used his name Eye Asher Eye, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. So the name Eye Aleph is one, Hey is five, Yud is ten, Hey is another five, so that's twenty-one. Here, as in most instances, the number mysticism, apparently quite irrational and formalistic, alludes to profound implications and associations that lie hidden beneath the surface of the words. So that's his, uh, his general approach to gematrias. The gematrias seem like it could be a randomness to it, that it just happens to be that these two words share a similar numerical value, but that's only on the surface that all you see is just the numerical value. At the depth of it, there's something much more. For as the designation, proclaimed the sublime and omnipotent God is at the same time the helper and comforter whose loving kindness is ever near to us. So too are these aspects of the divine extolled in these two pieces, Yehichavod and Ashrei, respectively. 
so we're trying to be reminded these two paragraphs are going to are going to bring to mind that Kaddish Baruch Hu is the helper and comforter whose loving kindness is always close by. The divine mastery over nature and man is extolled in Yehichavod. So that's what we're going to be looking for. The fact that divine master, Akash Baruch, who's in charge of all of nature and man, and is all encompassing mercy in the succeeding Ashrei. So Ashrei is going to talk about his actual interactions with us. So first we go ahead and we establish that he's capable, that he's powerful. And then in the next paragraph of Ashrei, we go ahead and talk about how that expresses itself in some sort of tangible way that Kosh Baruch Hu provides. Um, while the Baruch Shamar gave us the seven interpretations of the Shem Havaya, the name of Hashem, here the significance of the divine presence as Eya Asher Eya is set forth, indeed a fitting overture to the Psalms of the Pesukah de Zimra, the songs praising the activity of the divine, divine presence in the cosmos. Okay, so that is overall what's going to happen. So now he starts his explanation. The first verse is taken from Psalms, wherever it is. The great nation, uh, yeah, the words Yichavot, sorry, are uttered by the spirit of the world. So this Pasuk, the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Chulin tells us that this uh, Pasuk, Yichavot, was said by the spirit of the world, quote unquote, the Kavod Hashem, uh, describes God's imminence in the world, and it is, the, is in this way that man discovers God as a creator of the universe. So we say the glory of Hashem will endure forever, Hashem will rejoice in his works, that is establishing uh, 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 the definition of God, that's the description of God which we are addressing. May his imminence continue, that we say, sorry, then the next passage we say, Hishem Hashem Olam, that the name of Hashem will be blessed from now forever. So uh, his imminence continue forever until the time of the, the universal theocracy, when God will rejoice in his, in his creatures. Yismach Hashem b'ma'asav. So that is going to be, that's the end of the Pasuk over there, that Hashem is ultimately going to rejoice in his handiwork. Then we say, throughout time and space, that's the word me'ata is time, Mizrach is going to be direction, so that's space. So these two psokim are talking about God's existence in time and space. So uh, may the Lord be praised, the Lord who is enthroned on high, uh, 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 far above the nations, yet whose seal is Midas Rachamim, Hashem Shimcha. So we say, Ram al Kogayim Hashem al Shemaim Kivodo. So we say that his, um, where is it, uh, that uh, high above all nations is Hashem, above the heavens is his glory. And um, uh, Hashem Shimcha, Olam, Hashem Zichcha Ledor Vador, Hashem's name is forever. And Hashem, you're mentioned that the Zikaron, the remembrance of your name, is also for generations and generations. Thus, apprehending the sovereign rule of God, Heaven and earth will join in joyous homage. And that is, uh, that is going to be over here. So this is now the, uh, the, the joy of the heavens and the exaltation of the earth, I guess we'll say something like that. As all the nations recognize Hashem and they declare Hashem Malach, that Hashem is the, is the king. Such, such expressions of pure joy in perfect harmony in the universe will call forth the Shekhinah, which will return to dwell on earth. 
for the Shechina rests only when pure joy prevails. That's the idea that in order to get Nevuah, so one has to be in a state of joy. And if a person is in a sad, depressed state, so you have to do something formally to go ahead and change your, uh, your mindset. And he says, at that time, all mankind will heed the message of Israel, that the sovereignty of God is plainly and utterly real, and that he always was, always will be. So that's why we say, this is the one thing which is not a possible. We say Hashem Melech, that he is the king. Hashem Melech, he was the king. Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Hashem will be the king forever and ever. So this is the sequence. This is who God is. Then we want to go ahead and we want to, uh, we want to uh, introduce God into the physical world, both in terms of time and space, so that ultimately everybody is going to be able to recognize Hashem. And once we reach that point where everybody recognizes Hashem, so then we're going to be able to see that uh, Hashem's reign over, over everything. Um, okay, then he says, the second half of Yichavod. So at this point, when we move on, um, it's highly for no particular reason at this point, but just to let you know where the second half begins, he says the second half of the Yichavod then goes on to describe the master of history, before whose omnipotence all the scheming and planning of man come to naught. So here, once again, we've seen this idea, those who were uh, present or listened to the stuff that we did on uh, during Slichos time, from the Slichos themselves, so one of the, uh, the important themes which we have is the emphasis that HaKash Baruch Hu is always going to step in and provide protection for the Jewish people. Because this is something which obviously we are in a very precarious and very uh, dangerous circumstance, even in the best of times, but certainly in, the, in dangerous times. So we acknowledge that HaKash Baruch Hu is always there. This is part of the uh, expression of God's uh, majesty and his loving kindness towards the Jewish people is what we move on to say. So we say, Hashem Melech Olam Vo'ed, Hashem will reign for all eternity. Uh, and when the nations, those who continue to not deny God, have perished from his earth. Hashem annuls the counsel of nations. He disrupts the intention of people. So these are the enemies who would seek to go ahead and annihilate us, destroy us, convert us, stuff of that sort. It goes on to say, that many people, many thoughts are in the hearts of man, but only Hashem's counsel will endure. Once again, people have all sorts of plans, but it's not going to, uh, it's not going to last. Hashem's counsel is ultimately what's going to be. And the basis of that is, and that is because going back to the creation idea, that he is the one who said the world should exist, that there should be. He's the one who commands, and that's what causes things to, uh, to be able to stand, to, to exist. And the reason why he does so is, and he desired that to be his place. So as we know, one of the fundamental themes that we have in Judaism is not that we should become more spiritual. That is true that we should become more spiritual. spiritual. But one of the fundamental themes is, is that the world, the physical world, should become a spiritual place. So we're not seeking to ascend ourselves into the heavens and to become spiritual beings. Our goal in Yiddishkeit is to become spiritual beings so that God will come down into the physical world. And that's a very different uh, type, of, uh, type of existence and type of perspective <clears throat> that we are seeking 
to accomplish. And that's expressed in this, uh, this idea that Hashem chose Zion and he desires it for his place to be able to dwell. And that's only going to happen once the world recognizes him in his welcoming of Hashem into this world. So then Akash Baruch Hu will actually come. And that is, Ki Yaakov Bachar Loka Yisrael Iskulaso. And this is going to happen because for God chose Jacob to be his, Israel for his treasure. So this is our unique place in world history. And we can be confident, Ki lo yitosh Hashem amo benachalasa lo ya'azov. Hashem will not cast off his people and his, and his inheritance. He will not abandon. So this is, again, the focus on the relationship that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the confidence that we have that he's not going to go ahead and leave us behind. Then we have, So this Pasuk actually has an interesting history to it, not the Pasuk, but its appearance over here, because this is what we say, you, you'll recognize this, we say this before Baruch Hu, on, uh, by regular mar, by weekday mar, but the significance is, is we say, uh, and he, on the English side, and he, the merciful one, atones iniquity and does not destroy, that's v'loyashvis, he frequently withdraws his anger and does not arouse all his rage. So here's where we talk about where even when we sin, even when we misbehave, and it may be appropriate for Akash Baruch Hu to respond very strongly uh, with some uh, negative consequences, or what we may call for in, in simple terminology, punishments to the Jewish people for what they are doing. But thankfully, God is the merciful one. And he's going to, uh, he's going to forgive us for our sins. He's not going to destroy. Now, what's interesting about this is, is that there are versions, there are some Rishonim who say that this particular Pasuk of Yehi Chavod is not read on Shabbos. Because on Shabbos, we don't want to go ahead and invoke things about our sins and the fact that Kosh Baruch has to be merciful because otherwise we'd be in big trouble. So there are actually some Rishonim who say that this line of Hurachum is not going to be read on Shabbos. We, we Lamaisa, don't change the, uh, the wording. But there is that, uh, that idea. And then it ends, Hashem Hoshia Hamachianenu Karenu. Hashem is going to save, uh, uh, Hashem who is the king is going to save us and he's going to answer us on the day that, uh, th- that we call. So this is the, uh, this is the, the significance of, the, uh, of this, uh, this particular paragraph of Yehi Chavod. And it's something which, uh, you know, I, I, I think some people uh, may not pay great uh, attention to it and don't assign to it the importance that it should have, but it's something which is one of the uh, very significant prayers which we, uh, which we say. If you actually, if you look in the art scroll with the English, so you'll see, I, th- I think it's something which people just gloss over. They may not have even read it though once. They assume it's just part of the instructions, the halachic instructions. But if you look in the, art, the English art scroll sitter, it says the line before Yehichavod says, the following prayer should be recited with special intensity. So that's the idea that we said that there, there, a lot of kavana is needed for this paragraph because it's something which carries with it a significant, a significant weight. Okay, so that is as far as Yehichavot is concerned. Now, at this point, we get into what is considered to be the essence of Sukkot Zimra. The essence of, of Sukkot Zimra. And this is what, what we're going to call for simplicity Ashrei. But the truth is, let me just show you where it is. The paragraph of, uh, of, of uh, what really Ashrei is, 
begins with So this Pasuk is really the beginning of the uh, 145th chapter of Tehillim, of Kuf Mem Hey of Tehillim. And that's where, when we talk about saying Tehillah Ladavid three times a day, that one is, which we'll, we'll, we'll quote uh, in a moment, when we talk about that, so it's talking about Tehillah Ladavid from this Pasuk, which is highlighted, which is on the screen. So it's interesting that we have two Psukim, which precede that. Two Psukim, which are added on. These are not. Now, the, this one, Asherem Shekach Asherem this is actually the last paragraph of Kuf Mem Dalid. So it's the last, sorry, not the last paragraph, the last passage of the previous paragraph, previous chapter. And then the first one, which is where we get the name of the prayer from. So that is from a completely different section of Tehillim altogether. And once again, the executive decision was made to use these two so we'll see an interesting history about that also. And then you should just be aware that this last pasuk, also is something which is not really part of Tehillah the David. That's not part of this paragraph, this chapter of Tehillim. It's also a pasuk which was taken elsewhere and cut and paste into the into the sitter at this at this particular place. Okay, but first things first. Let's find out why we say the core of it, and then we'll go back to the two psukim which precede it, and then the uh, the one pasuk which follows. So for this, we're going to, uh, we'll begin with the uh, the tour. The tour says, So you have to have, or here also, we emphasize the importance of kavana, of having good concentration at this paragraph. Dhamma Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says in the Gemara in Brachos, Anybody who says, well, we're going to say for simplicity, Ashrei, three times a day, that person is assured of having a good place in Olam Haba. So you won't be uh, all the way on top in the nosebleed seats, but you'll get one of the uh, the mezzanine seats or uh, something, maybe first balcony, but uh, not all the, way, all the way on top necessarily. And then he says, the Yosei and the if you're going to have kavana in one particular place, if uh, uh, if you are uh, a member of the ADHD generation, which we're all a, a part of, we have a hard time concentrating. So if you're not going to have a hard time concentrating throughout Ashrei, so the one pasuk which you should make sure to be attentive to is the pasuk poseches yadecha, the pasuk where we say, I don't know why there's no English translation over here for this one. Because who opens up his hands and he provides the needs for all creatures. So the main reason why uh, Chazal incorporated this chapter of Tehillah Ledavid into the Siddur, into davening on a daily basis, is so that we could say this Pasuk. Because this Pasuk captures for us, this is the main Pasuk, which emphasizes, which is what we're doing in Pesuket, one of the themes which we're trying to do during uh, Pesuket Zimra is to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's role and his presence in the physical world. So remember, Birchas uh, HaShachar was HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with me, on it, with my body, with me as an individual. Sukkot is Zimra is going to be, I expand the, the, the circle, and I see HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to interact with the physical universe. Then in Birchos Kriya Shema and Shema, I see how Hashem exists in the spiritual worlds, 
That's why we start quoting Malachim and whatnot over there. All of that leading to the point where I'm going to be able to have a conversation directly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here in Pesukit Azimah, we're trying to highlight and focus our attention and bring to mind, bring to our, uh, the forefront of our consciousness, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in the physical universe. In what way to be able to capture that idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in the physical universe, other than to say that he's the one who gives us our sustenance. He's the one who provides the needs of all living creatures, whether we're talking humans, whether we're talking animals, whether we're talking plants and trees and whatnot, and this, everything else which exists. So the, the idea which is going to capture this theme more succinctly than anything else is this Pasuk, the Pasuk which you have highlighted on the, on the screen over there, that Kosh Baruch Hu open, we ask him, open up your hand and provide for every living creature, every living creature, Kosh Baruch Hu does so, and that's how we see his presence in the, in the physical universe. So it's this Pasuk specifically, and it happens to be one of the other things which Chazal say is, uh, is very special about uh, this paragraph is the fact that it mentions, uh, it's in the Aleph base order, so Aleph-based order is also something which shows a totality or an all-encompassing relationship. So from Aleph to Tuf, so there's Baruch who provides our needs, but that's going to be the, uh, the importance of, of, of that. So that is why we say that middle section. Now he says, um, so now we go back to the beginning. So who went ahead and snuck in this Pasuk of Asher Shevesech Odia so it's sort of like, uh, the, the, what, the, the question is, it's sort of like, uh, you know, a Scrabble game or something. You're trying to sneak in a random letter into a word just because you need to dump it or bananagrams or something like that. So you're just trying to use up some tiles just to, uh, just to get them away. So who went ahead and snuck in this first pasuk of Ashrei Yosheveh This isn't anywhere near this particular section of, uh, of Tehillim. So how did this get, uh, get stuck there? So the tour goes on to say, so we add this pasuk. Why? Because this idea, fortunate are those who sit in your house, and they continue to praise Hashem. So that tells me that that emphasizes the idea that Chazal say that one is supposed to spend an hour of meditation preparing to say Shimon Asrei. So that's the Yoshve Vesecha. Those who sit in the house are those people who are preparing themselves to go ahead and do so. And that's the, the purpose of Sukkot Zimra is to fulfill that, uh, that obligation, that, uh, that, uh, that prerequisite of spending uh, this, uh, this time ahead of the conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go ahead and do so. V'acharav, and then he says, the tour goes on to say, and afterwards we say, this pasuk, why do, we, why do we add this Pasuk after Tehillah the David? So he says, the reason is, L'shoshulei halaluka basar halaluka. So he says, the reason is, is because L'shoshulei means we're trying to create a chain, a chain effect. So we know that as we go on from here, from the rest of the halalukas, which we say, all of the halalukas begin with the word halaluka and ends with the word halaluka. Next one, halaluka. Halaluka. So since we're now going to start a chain sequence of a uh, of halalukas, so in order to get the ball rolling, we uh, we added on Chazal added on this pasuk and now this sets in motion that we're now in the halaluka section. So that's added on in order to be able to uh, to set that, that that process in in motion. 
Um, okay, so that is what the tour says uh, uh, about Ashrei. Now, from there, um, so the Lavosh, um, Uh, now, what the uh, what the tour did not address was this pasuk of uh, sorry. What the tour did not address is this Ashrei pasuk, the second of the Ashrei psukim. So he says that the Omrim. So the Levush he writes that we go ahead and we say it. Um, why? Um, Kolomar uh, is if to say that we're giving praise and thanks to Hashem that we have the opportunity to go ahead and praise God. So here we say is that what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves mentally to praise God. We're praising God so that we can get to the point where we will have a conversation with him. And Ashraham Shakahalo, happy is a nation for whom this is true, Ashraham Shashemakov, and happy is a nation for whom God is their God. So we're 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 expressing appreciation for the privilege which we recognize that we have in order to be ha- to have such a close relationship with Akash Baruch Hu, that we're going to go ahead and we are going to uh, we're going to be able to praise God. Okay, now um Um, okay, now the there's a marshal. Uh, the marshal is uh, Shoma Luria, is uh, is his name. Um, he lived around the time of the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, and he wrote what uh, the his commentary on Shas, for which he is famous, is called the Yam Shlomo. And uh, what is significant historically about the Yam Shlomo. And the and the marshal is he was fundamentally and philosophically opposed to the writing of the Shulchan Aruch. He did not like the idea that they, that the, that Rav Yosef Karo went ahead and wrote the Shulchan Aruch because he said what's going to happen is people are going to cheat. They're going to read essentially just the cliff notes, which is what Shulchan Aruch was. It was a summary of the stuff. It was the final conclusions. So they're going to read just the cliff notes, and from the cliff notes, people are going to go ahead and think they know what exactly are the underpinnings of the halacha, and they're going to know how to apply the halacha to the various situations of their life. And the marshal is of the opinion that it's misleading to people to, uh, to believe that if they study Shulchan Aruch, they'll know halacha and they'll know how to pass in halacha lemaisa. And he was very concerned about that. And he was absolutely opposed to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the existence of, of, of that work. And therefore he wrote the Yam Shal Shlomo, which was his um, uh, not so passive aggressive <laughs> response to Shulchan Aruch, it was actually an active aggressive thing, but where he shows how in certain the, the Masechtas that he wrote on, so his task was to show that you need to follow the sequence of the Gemara through the eyes of the Rishonim all the way until Halach Lamaisa, and without all of that background in place, inevitably your, your conclusions are going to be wrong not always wrong, but often they will be wrong if you don't really understand what, the, what, what is going on. So the marshal is known for having various uh, uh, interesting opinions about, uh, about uh, things. So he had an interesting way of 
saying Ashrei. So we, we mentioned already that Ashrei is said three times a day. We say it once in Pesukit Zimra. We say it a second time in Shachris after, uh, after Tachnun, before Uval Zion. And then we say it as the introduction to, uh, at the beginning of Mincha. So those are the three times that we say it. So the Marshal says that the first time he would say Ashrei, meaning as part of uh, as part of Pesukit Zimra, he did not say the two Ashrei Pesukim. He finished the paragraph of Yichavod, uh, and then he would go to Hila David. He would jump straight to Tehila David. Uh, and the reason why is, as we said, that if the whole reason why we, we, we are adding this is, right, if you remember the explanation we gave for saying Ashrei is that this is the passage which teaches us the importance of the necessity to meditate on God before we have a conversation with him. So you don't really need that in Shachris because Shachris has that naturally. Because you have Birchas HaShachar, you have Korbanus, you're saying, well, Pesukit is Zimra anyways. The hour is already there. When do you need to go ahead and emphasize the fact that you need to prepare before your conversation with God? That's only at Mincha time. Because Mincha, all you do is you say Ashrei, and then you jump at Dishmon Ashrei. So you don't have a long time of preparation beforehand. So by a Mincha, he said it's important for a person to realize that even though Mincha is much is significantly shorter then Shachris, you shouldn't just be jumping into this as if you could just jump into a conversation with God. Remember that it takes preparation. And it was at that point he would say the, the Ashrei. But in Shachris, he did say the Haluluka, because that, as we said, that's to create that chain of Halalukas, that's to set that process in motion. And then by the second time he would say Ashrei, which is by Ashrei Uvalitzion, after Shmon Ashrei, so he began to heal the David. So there also, uh, he did the, uh, the, the, right, he didn't say the, uh, at, at the end of, uh, by Asher uh, by Asher he skipped this last line of because as we said, the only reason to say this is because in the context of Sukkot Zimra, we're trying to set in motion the upcoming paragraphs of Hallelujah. By Mincha, where, by, sorry, by Asher Uvalitzion, where you're not going to be going into the next paragraphs of the Hallelujahs. So there's no reason to go ahead and actually add this extra pasta because it doesn't, it's not going to serve its purpose if you go ahead and add it in over there. So by Asher Uvalitzion, he would skip the Tehillah Hashem. And then by Mincha, so then he would go ahead and he would say the Ashrei Yoshe Vesecha. So he would say that opening pasuk, because this is what reminds us of the importance of, of meditating before having a conversation with God. He did not say Ashrei Ha'am. He didn't say the second pasuk. This pasuk over here, expressing the uh, how fortunate we are to be able to praise God. But he did go ahead and say, Banach Nevarcha. He did add that in by, uh, by Mincha time. So here, the... Uh, the uh, the uh, the Lavush emphasizes that he disagrees, and he says that uh, he said again. This is the way, this is the way they would uh, communicate with one another. He says, uh, He says even if we're saying Ashrei by itself, meaning Ashrei in Uvalitzion or Ashrei before Mincha, below Sharmizmarim without the subsequent Halalukas which follow. Could go be mincha u like at mincha time or by Ashrei Valtzion, 
So you should still say this pasuk. Now he says, In somebody who doesn't say it every time, they're mistaken. It's their error. So the marshal said that it should not be it should not be said. Comes along the lavush without say, without identifying the marshal by name. He says he's wrong in terms of his assertion. Because once they went ahead and incorporated into the sitter, so why should you go ahead and delete it at any time? And go ahead and uh, sometimes read it one way and sometimes read it another way. There's no reason to go ahead and start messing around with the text. And let's just call it Ashrei, and we'll include the two introductory psukim as well as the, the follow-up pasuk at the end. And you can just go ahead and keep all of that, uh, all of that uh, uniform. And, um, okay, one last thing that I will share with you. So if you look in the Ashrei over here, so it's an interesting thing, which, and I don't know how people notice these things, but all of the psukim, almost all the psukim, I should say. So when you get to here, we don't have the trap markings, but you have, let's say, in Tehil David, that's the middle of the pasuk. And then the second half of the pasuk begins with the vav, bavarcha shimcha lolam vod. So the second half of the pasuk begins with the vav. Same thing in pasuk two. Every day I will bless you. And then the second half of the pasuk begins. And that pattern follows all the way through Ashrei that the second half of all of the psukim begins with a vav. Again, I don't know who notices these things, but apparently there are those who notice such things. There's two exceptions to the rule. The two exceptions to the rule are, one is this, the pasuk, Hanun v'rachum Hashem erech ugdal chesed. So it's Hanun v'rachum Hashem, that's pause, that's nachta. And then it begins with an aleph rather than a vav. And then the other one that doesn't follow the pattern is kuf, where we say, karov Hashem l'chol karav. Here's that's the pause in the middle of the pasuk, and we don't have a vav which, which follows that. It's a chol so you have the two psukim, which don't have the vav in the middle, are ches in kuf, spells the word chok, and the two letters which begin the second half of the pasuk, which don't have a vav, are in aleph, erech and the lamed over here, So that spells out the word chok kale. Chok kale. So what does that mean? So he says that this is an idea that this is a, a, a statute of God that this should be said each and every day. They should be said multiple times a day. So here they find this allusion to the idea that you should be saying uh, Ashrei numerous times a day. Within the paragraph, sort of encoded in the paragraph itself, is this idea that it's, it's, it should be recited on a regular basis because this is a chok kale. This is a statute of God that it should be recited, uh, it should be recited as such. Okay, so we will hold it over here for uh, for tonight. So Mr. Hashem, next, your hand is up, Mel, for you saying goodbye. I'll say you're saying goodbye. So we'll hold it. We'll hold it over here for uh, for tonight. We'll finish off the uh, Ashrei. We'll I get into some, the what? I have a question. Oh yeah. Are you going to say any, anything about the missing dun sentence in, in Ashrei? Um, so the missing dun, uh, I, I will get to when we finish the GPS section of the overview. So then we'll go back and we'll probably uh, explore what happened to the missing nun and where the where the nun is hiding. It's really a hiding nun rather than a missing nun. Okay. 
not that I want to go ahead and uh, I should have given a spoiler alert as far as that is concerned, but we'll, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find that out that it's really, a, it's a hiding nun rather than a missing nun. Okay. Bye. Okay, so that's uh, for today. Right. So we'll, we'll pick it up in the middle of Ashray next week with the Halukas and Thursday, Mirza Hashem, 8.30. Uh, we will have a class. And Thank you, Rabbi. Yeah. Have a good night, Thank everybody. You. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Shukaya, Karela. Go to.